Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Lots to bring you in the next hour. We hear from Shawnee McGrath on tomorrow's big day of hurling in Parky Cueve. Of course, uh, two county finals to be decided. Uh, we'll hear from the St. Finbar's camp ahead of tomorrow's Premier Senior Hurling Championship final. Niall Barrett is the Cork GA County Board Referees Administrator. I spoke to him about the recent abuse of referees. He also speaks about his own experience of being assaulted while on duty as an umpire at a match in the last couple of years. Uh, Munster are in URC action later we'll hear from coach Dennis Leamy plus we have lots more to bring you uh, from the day's action in the Premier League and the sporting world uh, throughout the day so uh, that's all coming up before 7 Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench on Cork's Red FM. Uh, one game ongoing at the moment, of course, the Premier Junior Hurling Championship final. It is into the second half and it is Bally Giblin who lead tracked in its 16 points to 1-9. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, throughout the hour. Uh, not long to go there, of course, uh, halfway through the second half. Alright, let's jump into the day's Premier League action before we go any further. Leicester boss Brendan Rodgers remains under pressure after his side failed to win for a ninth time in 10 Premier League matches. They were held to a goalless draw by Crystal Palace. Uh, They're still firmly in the relegation zone. Rodgers was booed by Leicester fans at full time. He says he realises there'll be frustration. Listen, you're always going to be under criticism. I I understand that. If you're towards the bottom of the league, yeah, you're going to have critics. But I critics here when we win the FA Cup. And we were fifth. It's it's the game. It's the nature of it. Crystal Palace, of course, uh, the other team in that match. Uh, they also remain in the bottom half of the Premier League. It is a bit of a better start, though, for Patrick Vieira's side. Um, it's their second successive away goal a straw. However, uh, boss Patrick Vieira felt nil-nil was a fair result. It was a challenging, difficult game for us. You know, we came with the intention to play better than what we did today. In the first half, I think we had a couple of situations where we could hurt them a little bit more, but we didn't do enough, I would say, to win that game. The points were shared between Fulham and Bournemouth. Uh, Ian Beach was at Craven Cottage for their Premier League clash. It's finished Fulham 2, Bournemouth 2. Fulham equalised twice in this one, but actually they're the team that feels disappointed to end the game with only one point. Dominic Solanke gave Bournemouth a 1-0 lead inside the first minute or so. The equaliser came from Issa Diop, glancing in from a corner. Before half-time, it was 2-1, though, to Bournemouth. Jefferson Lerma restoring their lead. The equaliser, Alexander Mitrovic, with a penalty in the second half. And for the last 25 or 30 minutes, it was all Fulham, but they couldn't find a way to get a winner. Fulham 2, Bournemouth 2. The other game at 3 o'clock was Wolves hosting Nottingham Forest. Frank Watson was at Molyneux. 1 Nottingham Forest nil. They say it doesn't matter how you get the points as long as you get them. It wasn't pretty. It was a game of two penalties. Wolves awarded one after a VAR check when Adama Traoré's shot was adjudged to have hit Harry Toffolo's hand. That one dispatched by Ruben Nevers. Forest got their own penalty 20 minutes later, but Brennan Johnson unable to put it away because of a brilliant diving save by the Wolves goalkeeper, Jose Sarr. Other than that, there wasn't much in the way of chances, and it's finished. Wolves 1, Nottingham Forest nil. 
And currently ongoing, of course, Spurs taking on Everton. 34 minutes gone. It's nil all. Uh, two Irish right backs involved in the game, of course, Matt Doherty starting for Spurs and Seamus Coleman, um, of course, Everton captain, uh, starting today as well. Um, he was fairly decent against United uh, last week, uh, to be fair. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, he's. Uh, Currently, he's, he's he's matched up with Perisic down that wing as well, which is a, an interesting enough matchup to uh, fairly experienced uh, players at the international level. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a good game actually. Everton had a really good chance to marry Gray, went straight through in goal and smashed it over the bar into Rosette. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, won't be playing sailing at all for Spurs uh, in that game if if Everton can keep going the way they're going there. Uh, right. Uh, Cork City they're winding their season up didn't go to plan last night they give up a two goal lead away to Athlone losing 3-2 but what does it matter at this stage they are the champions they are going up Dylan McGlade and Barry Coffey netted for City before Athlone found three goals in a row to uh, take all three points uh, they're in a good uh, vein of form at the moment actually uh, Athlone I think is their fourth win in a row Franco Ume got a start for the Rebel Army which was uh, very promising and uh, very good to see a young player like that getting on onto the starting eleven, big win for Cove Ramblers, five uh, one away to Bray, uh, first win at the Carlisle Grounds in thirty one years, which is an incredible stat. Uh, but yeah, good win for Ramblers as uh, they go uh, wrapping their season up as well. Cork City Women's are in action at Turner's Cross. The second half is just underway. They're trailing Piedmont one nil, but five minutes gone so far in the second half. Now, let's move on to Gaelic Games. Uh, what a massive weekend. What a massive day tomorrow. Uh, first of all, the uh, provincial the provincial draws were made today for some reason out of the blue. Nobody understands why these are done in October, but they are and they're here. Um, so yeah, they took place on uh, RT Radio 1. Cork will play Clare in the quarterfinal of the 2023 Munster Senior Football Championship. The winners of that game then go on to face Limerick, All-Ireland champions. Kerry will face either Waterford or Tipperary in the other semi-final Holders Derry will play Fermanagh in the Ulster football quarter-finals Tyrone will play Monaghan with Donegal up against Down Cavan awaits the winners of Armagh and Antrim Ross Common will play Mayo in the quarter-finals of the Connacht Senior Football Championship defending champions Galway will await the winners in the semi-finals on the other side of the draw Leitrim will go to New York and Sligo go to London a uh, nice trip for the boys. Uh, Sligo got to go to New York as well, actually uh, this year. So uh, it's a it's a it's a good old uh, good old uh, couple of years for them. Expensive, I imagine. Uh, however, um, but yeah, that means a Division Four team will play in the All Ireland Round Robin, no matter what. It's quite interesting, uh, to be fair. Uh, resume the hurling. Uh, uh, most of the, the the hurling draws, it's more scheduling. So I think maybe that's going to be released throughout this evening and tomorrow uh, Dublin's bid for a 13th successive Leinster football championship title will see them face Wexford or Leash in the quarterfinals the victors of Longford and Offaly will play Meath in the last eight and Kildare face Wicklow or Carlow Telchin Cup winners Westmeath face Louth in the quarterfinals um, now 
uh, just to interrupt our, our GEA uh, chat there just quickly um, I meant to bring it up uh, a bit earlier on in the show but of course Ireland are going to the Women's World Cup for the first time ever uh, you wouldn't believe it because uh, most of the coverage in the national media has not been about what they actually achieved on the pitch but uh, we're not going to mention that here Ireland set to play of course at the uh, at the Women's World Cup for the first time in Australia and New Zealand Republic of Ireland legend Emma Burns says head coach Vera Powell has brought a winning mentality to the squad the draw for the finals will be made next weekend and Byrne believes the team can improve between now and next summer we're a very defensive team there's no denying that but she has brought a, a different dimension in as in you know trying to get them to play on the front foot trying to be positive and also being pragmatic, the fact that we can't go gun-ho, you know, we can't mm. go all fires blazing because we do need to defend. But um, I, you can see it's a process and you can see that what she's trying to do. And I think, obviously, this isn't the end point. She's got a lot of work to do with them still. But as I said, she's very realistic and she'll know that. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what uh, what might happen there in the draw. And obviously, I think what everybody's hoping for is that the top seed that we get in our group is either Australia or New Zealand because as the host nations they qualified automatically for the tournament and are in pot one so getting them would be huge because it means you avoid a a, a pot one team of serious calibre I think New Zealand are only a couple of spots ahead of Ireland in the rankings Australia not that far away either so that would be very doable but obviously I suppose then you do want to get one good team just to get a, a good test and a good occasion out of it like you know anytime Ireland have gone to a major tournament in the men's side of things we always seem to get one really good nation and it sets up for a, a great game and we've we've received our, our couple of thrashings as well at the same time but uh, usually we make a good game of it and uh, hopefully I actually can't wait for that next summer uh, because we haven't had a, 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 a an international tournament in so long uh, it's going to be a really good crack I imagine uh, when that comes around now let's turn our attention back to Gaelic Games uh, tomorrow a massive massive day down in Parky Cueve the Co-op Superstores Premier Senior Hurling Championship Final it's City Rivals St Finbars and Black Rock going head to head what a final pairing the Rockies champions as recently as 2020 the Bars last title was in 1993 and it's the first final meeting between the sides since 1982 Andrew Horgan went along to the Bars press night and spoke to boss Jar Cunningham so Jar obviously we're just over a week now from the final but how are preparations going? Yeah, they're going well. Uh, you know, I suppose we were kind of half waiting. Well, we were waiting until after last Sunday when the football semi-final over. You know, with the fact of the dual involvement of of, of, uh, of all the lads. So like, this, so it's, it's only really beginning to take shape now from our point of view. So as I say, ten days out, you know, just getting back into you now, trying to mind the lads and rest the lads and get them and get them recovered and prepared as best we possibly can. Yeah, the preparations well underway. I've seen the tone and stuff. You see a lot of the flies in the bunting and that all. That's the excitement of it. Yeah, sure. It's been it's been fantastic for you know. The last couple of years has been brilliant for the parish uh, and for the community. You know, football and success, and you know we've tapped into that a bit as well. And it's great. You know, I suppose that we've we've a month to look forward to you now. You know, two county finals in, uh, in a month, so it's been brilliant for for the club, brilliant for the supporters. You know, we've been absent from this level for 30 years and from the hurling front, like so. 
it's really it's great to be here and we're just trying to enjoy it and embrace it yeah it seems to kind of cut everyone by off guard that it's been so long since you've been in the hurling and it's just how much does it mean to be back there now on this side of the sure means a lot you know, that's just that's what you play for at this level you know we've, we pride ourselves of, you know that we should be competing for a county title as much as often as we can is that we've missed it when we haven't been there now that we're back there we're really looking forward to it and uh, you know there's been a couple of generations of our supporters that haven't seen the bar in the county hurling final there's a whole new generation here tonight to see with all the young lads all the guys playing street leagues you know the beauty for me is that you see an awful lot more people now outside here playing hurling with a hurling in their hand you know what I mean I think the impact of, of the hurler success has, has lifted especially the kids you know what I mean that they're now playing out there with the hurley all the time and it's great to see yeah and in terms of um, obviously the final itself now that you are there it's obviously the, the aim is to go and win it and how tough a task is it going to be up against the Rockies oh, 100% it's a massive task you know we've, we've already after playing them in the league and you know what I mean when you play a team once then the second time is always more difficult uh, you know there was a puck of a ball in it the last time um, you know they're a very seasoned team they've been around, they've been around here the last couple of years they were champions two years ago they've been under 21 champions you know so they're quite experienced quite uh, quite a very settled team but look we're we're, we're delighted to be in the final we, we've, we've, uh, we're going in there to give it our best shot give it a big performance and see where it goes yeah in terms of that game earlier in the campaign like what kind of impact could that have preparing for this one actually look you'd be wondering you know what I mean from the point of view it's look you'll be trying to take the lessons from it if there's that that we can learn from how we performed that night you know we were we didn't play well in the first 10 or 12 minutes and we were blown away uh, but luckily you know we, the, the lads kind of turned it around and I think that they've that I think turned our season on really because uh, you know at that stage it wasn't looking too good, and since then we've kind of uh, we've we've built on it and we've uh, we've improved steadily. Uh, got a bit of time working with the players because you know our preparation before those matches was limited with the football involvement. Now that we have a we have two weeks with the players, you know we're hoping we can impact them on the pitch. Yeah, and as everyone's expecting to be high scoring and a bit of a thrill of a game, but what are you expecting from it, Joseph? It's hard to know. These guys take some you know these matches take on a lot to themselves. You know conditions might play a part. So look, we're going down. We're going on. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll play the game and, and not the occasion for all possible uh, we're looking forward to it it's been you know, a great occasion hopefully the bar supporters will come out in number and support the team um, you know we've been waiting a long time for it and hopefully we can give the supporters something to clear about yeah no doubt that they will but um, just finally so how confident are you about the, the fact that the, the bars will come out triumphant uh, look it's a 50-50 game you know we we're, were in the no illusions who were playing against, against Blackrock tough game massive challenge ahead of us uh, but uh, looking forward to it yeah, Ger Cunningham there, St. Finn Bars hurling manager Andrew also spoke to Bars captain Billy Hennessy. Obviously, we're nine days out from the final. How much are you looking forward to it? We're all very much looking forward to it. Um, starting training in January, February, this is where, where you want to be in the semi final final stage. So, um, Paul Pannell is very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it's still nine days away, but obviously, there must be great buzz and excitement around the place, even already. A lot of excitement around the, the, the training field. Um, trying to get everything done now in the next two weeks so we're in a good good position I think um, injury wise and all that we've relatively clean full bill of health uh, so there's good spirits around yeah yeah and after all the bun things see all the balloons around the place does that add to the nerves or the excitement or yeah, I don't I don't think so really it's a great, great colour and atmosphere around but um, I wouldn't say it adds to the nerves there's an experience enough panel there we've been especially the, the dual players we've we've played in county finals before so um, we're familiar with the, the routine yeah and obviously in terms of hurling it's the first time and since 93 I think since you've been in hurling so like, how big is it in that in terms of the hurling side of the club um, when you consider it that way there is, there is a lot of anticipation there and I suppose it brings its own its own pressures but I don't think the panel will be too bogged down by anything like that um, a lot of us are a lot 
proud of them, I should say, are for for young young fellas. So they, it's not in it's not in their their memory. They weren't around when it was happening. So um, we're just worried about our own our own game now on on Sunday or Sunday week. Yeah, was it something you knew about, or is it only can you find out about it since that it's been so long since the Bears? I know a lot of people around can't really believe it's been that long. Uh, we were well aware of how long it was since we've been in a, in a final. There was a lot of uh, semi final feasts and so on, um, but we're we're aware of how long um, has been since the the club was there. Um, but knowing that it's been that long is is all we think about or I shouldn't say that that's not right. <laughs> I mean um, we're aware of how long it's been but doesn't have much bearing on preparations or anything like that yeah in terms of obviously you know that you are there you obviously want to go and win it and um, how big a task is it now against the Rockies as well? um, Black Rock very experienced season side um, since they won in 2020 uh, I think they've been the standard bears in terms of physicality and their um, consistency of performance in knockout games um, so we're under no illusions about the, the challenge ahead of us um, that said it's just another, another knockout game we've played several of them so far this year so we'll approach it like we did any other a lot of people are expecting to be very high scoring are you thinking that way as well that obviously every score matters in this game every game takes life of its own there's two there's two very skills as far as um, with Bears and Black Rock so um, you could expect high scoring but you know anything can happen on the day um, so we're prepared for anything you don't know how well happened the last day we played them we went 9 points down in the first 15 minutes um, so you'd be surprised if either side went 9 points down but as I said each game takes a life of its own finally just uh, how much would it mean to you if you were to be victorious in the day it's always been an ambition of anyone I imagine playing Club Hurling Cork to win the, the senior championship so it would um, it would be a great achievement to, to win it no doubt and obviously the first leg of double is that something again that's in the mind sir uh, the hurling match is the next match so that's all we're, we're focused on for the for the next uh, 10 days or so and then like we've done all year once that's finished we'll, we'll focus on the next match and we'll take the football from there um, but um, we're not thinking about the word double um, anyway really we're just worried about the hurling now for the next 10 days Alright, delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Cork legend Seanie McGrath ahead of tomorrow's big day of hurling at Parky Cueve. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us on the Big Bird Bench. No problem, Aidan. Um, yeah, I suppose we'll start off with, with looking at the, the intermediate final maybe on uh, uh, the curtain raiser for, for, for the big one. Um, and uh, I suppose with intermediate finals, there's so much on the line because you have... The obviously chance of winning a championship medal but promotion to senior hurling it's a huge card for the players and there can be a lot of pressure on them heading into a game like that Definitely Aidan yeah it's a huge game for both clubs um, I suppose the success of Castle Martyr's sort of progression over the last couple of years should never be underestimated because it's an incredible achievement to be almost what was it, six seven years ago junior club and now they're on the cusp of you know entering the senior A ranks so it's an incredible achievement in itself to get to the final but I suppose when you get there, you want to win it, so they'll be all out to try and get a victory tomorrow. From an Iscar's perspective, I suppose, I always feel that they're almost sleeping giant. They've such a set-up outside, huge facilities, you know, a fantastic membership and, you know, a club that really should be, I suppose, achieving more. So for them as well, it'll be a massive opportunity. They haven't been in the final for nearly 20 years. So, And, you know, and on view, you've got brilliant players. You've got Cork players and Sean O'Donoghue within Iscarra. And of course, you'll Kieran Joyce, nominated for, for Young Holder of the Year and for an All-Star. Castle Martyr, a brilliant, brilliant player, and they could, even, they could even end up marking each other at different junctures throughout the game. So I promise it to be a brilliant tie. And as you said, when you get to a final, as, 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 as happy as you are to get there, when you're there, you want to win it. 
Absolutely, yeah. and like like you said, there, Castle Martyr. It's quite incredible. It'll be fairly historic if they do manage to get over the line, back to back to back promotions. Um, they were playing lower, into, I suppose, with the change in grades, it has helped them out slightly. But they were they were uh, they won the lower intermediate championship fourteen months ago. Uh, I suppose with, with COVID as well, it was the late championship, and now almost into senior A. It's an incredible run in just little over a year. Yeah, it's incredible, absolutely incredible, Aidan. Um I mean, even. Like throughout this year's campaign, it's not as if it's been playing sailing either. I mean, throughout this year's campaign, um, in the Premier Intermediate Championship, say so, like they they didn't breeze through their group. They actually lost the game, and you know, they had a big game against I think it was Ballinhassig in their last game to come out of the group, and they did that. And um, you know, in their semi-final, they played. I suppose the team that they started the year for the last couple of years has been the Buckley's favourites in Castle Lions, and did a four-point victory and. You know they were absolutely outstanding, and but as I said, like they didn't play and sail through the whole campaign. They had to overcome some difficult situations, which is a great testament to their ability and their grit and determination and all that. And you know, outside of Kieran Joyce, they've got some fantastic players. Um, I was involved with Brian Lawton McCock for a couple of years between 2012 and 15, and he's an absolutely brilliant player and such a fantastic trainer and a really nice guy. And his brother, his brother Barra, uh, Barry, is brilliant. Barrow Tuma is brilliant, and. You know, they've got a nice blend in of younger lads like Joe Stack and Darren Morden are only 21 or 22 years of age so they've got a fantastic blend of experience and youth uh, sprinkled with some you know X-Factor players I suppose and like Kieran Joy so you know it's been a fantastic achievement for them um, they've got a great trainer in Seamus Lawton and they, they have an outside influence as well they've got Owen Murphy who they played with in UCC Owen was a brilliant cornerback with Waterford he's living down that way down East Corkway and he's done a marvellous job at them as well so you know everything is going really well for the club and it's been a brilliant couple of years in the promotion from A to from lower intermediate sorry to intermediate A and now to premier intermediate and as I said earlier on the cusp of going into senior A is absolutely fantastic but you know they'll have a huge challenge a huge battle within Scarra they too have brought some outside guys Paul McCarthy Jordan's son is involved so too is Mark Prendergast who played with Cork one's a brilliant imperial player um, and they won't be fun winding on the day so as I said earlier promises to be a great tie there'll be very little in it Um and the prize of going up to senior A, you know, it's, it's whichever team just kind of keeps their nerve, scores a vital scores, maybe gets a fluky goal or something that could decide it because pound for pound, I think there's very little between these sides. Yeah, and Inescar as well, one of the very few teams that managed to actually navigate the uh, automatic uh, semi-final spot. Many a team uh, fell at that hurdle. Um, I suppose we'll we'll move on to uh, to the the little All Ireland and. Uh, mm-hmm. What a what a pairing this is! Like it's such an historic, um, you know, t- uh, couple of teams to to be in a final and all the history and all the permutations around it. It's uh, it's really exciting. It is, and I suppose it hasn't. So it's only been in the last couple of weeks when you read some of the articles and some of the nostalgia. I suppose that's being brought to the fore again. Um, you know, you forget because like or myself, I grew up in that era in the late seventies and right through the eighties when teams like the Bears of Lynn. Um, and Blackrock were dominant and were regularly winning counties and a lot of the stuff that was being written there lately about the 82 final the three goals that Ray Cummins got the golden three points that Jimmy Barry got um, Christy Ryan got rest of soul was a great player that time for, for the Bears as well Joe Cunney and you know, all the Cashmans you know they, 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 both teams had players that were synonymous with just greatness and I mean it was brilliant really reading the articles and just you know you almost forget I suppose I mean they haven't met in a long long time and I had said in the, in a podcast earlier in the week with the examiner that you know I I, I think there'd be a lot of romantics when we go to the game. I think guys that obviously there'd be a huge crowd, there'd be from both clubs and and the neutral. But I think there'd be a lot of guys maybe from up around the country and 
Blackburn, the county, anywhere, that will just go to try and rekindle old memories because they're just two clubs that have, you know, glittered, the, you know, have been at the top of the table, say, I suppose, when it comes to club, county, Munster, and all Ireland titles. They've got an incredible record. Um, you know, so the history stuff, you know, that's all the history stuff. But I suppose, real time, and looking at the players, they're, they're there on merit. Um, they had a fantastic tire in the year on the group stage at the Bears. 10 or 11 points down at one stage in the first half came back and won an unbelievable game. Um, but I suppose the Black Rock are probably a little bit more experienced and they've played in more counties in the last couple of years. The Bears are younger, but they've got real talent and fellas that are probably on the cusp of maybe making a breakthrough with Cork. So adding it all up as well um, and forgetting about the nostalgia stuff these two teams are excellent um, two brilliant lines Louis McQueen and Joe Cunningham on the line for their respective sides it's just going to be please God a titanic battle um, and please God a huge crowd down there What key aspects have led to this resurgence from the Bears in your opinion? Yeah look I suppose it all points to their underage and the work that's been done there um, I suppose Don O'Grady's done incredible work Jimmy Barry Green Hurley, Pat Keane, they were all involved in a brilliant minor team a couple of years ago. I suppose it's just effort really, um, Aidan, just fellas that keep putting their shoulders to the wheel, never lose faith, and when their senior team maybe aren't getting to the latter stages in competitions, you know, that their underage teams continue to go out and try and put on the best performances. Um, and they won a fantastic county a couple of years ago. And, you know, there's five or six of them now have made the breakthrough, fellas like Ben Cunningham and Ben O'Connor. Um, Jack Callan, Eden Toomey, Willie Buckley, all really exciting talents. Um, you know, have under t- underage medals and have maybe under seventeen and under twenty medals. So I suppose that's probably what's backbone it. And then stalwarts that continue to put in brilliant performances. Jimmy Burns on Keane, things like that. Um, just brilliant, brilliant hurlers. And then you know, obviously the Callans, then Jack Connor and Damien um, have been just putting in sterling performances right throughout not just this year but over the last couple of years but particularly this year they've been absolutely brilliant so I think it's all those things coming together at the right time experienced players just stepping up and going a step further and then the young players bringing in that freshness and brilliance um, has probably given them they, they, they have been the probably catalyst and given them the platform to just push on and you know, and also I suppose they're great in determination say in the group stages they drew their first game against Charleville Everyone said, I suppose, 10 minutes or 15 minutes into the game against Black Rock that that was the end of their season. But they pulled out a marvellous victory, an unbelievable four-goal win against Sarazen in the last game. And the whole season has just taken off from their brilliant semi-final, brilliant qualifying and semi-final performances. Um, and as I said earlier, they're there on merit. Black Rock kind of come into this under the, the radar a small bit because of the bars attracting, you know, all the interest with the with all the, the historic stuff surrounding it. But um, they've been fairly impressive themselves as well this year. Uh, they have. She said they're, they're a brilliant side. I mean, what they have, I suppose, is um, they've got talent. They've got individual talent, but they've also got great grit. They've got great physicality to their approach. Uh, um, I mean, I have never seen in the last couple of years a team just go toe-to-toe so much with McKelly. I mean, McKelly got a three in a row and had some super hurlers, you know, led predominantly, I suppose, by Shami Harnady, who's been a brilliant cork player as well. But it's always been the physical stakes that they've come out on tops. But, you know, in that quarter-final game, it was an unbelievable draw and then an unbelievable extra time period and then obviously decided by a penalty shootout. But, you know, in the, it was the you know, first time in a while now that I've really seen that real... Um, physical approach really come to the fore from Black Rock for like Shane O'Keefe Mark O'Keefe you know the two cashmans Meany in the middle of the field you know, real powerhouses um, 
And then as the season has moved on, you know, they're flair players, if you want to call them, that have really taken over. Robbie Cotter has been an absolute revelation. Alan Connolly, who's a brilliant, a fierce time for Adelaide, I think he's a brilliant hurler. You know, he's yeah. getting a small bit of flack earlier in the year for being a bit quiet, but of late he's been absolutely brilliant. Like DC, Michael Halloran. So when you mix all that together, they're a fairly potent um they're a fairly potent side so I suppose it's all those things that have culminated in the last couple of weeks that really come together a slow season start but just brilliant in the last couple of weeks I'm going to push you so for uh, two predictions uh, the, your uh, intermediate and uh, senior champions uh, for, for 2022 yeah I, I just think marginally in both games I'm going to go with Castle Martyr and Black Rock Castle Martyr just because I think the last couple of weeks um, they've been excellent um, I think the quarterfinal game is stand to them the extra game is stand to them and they have maybe that key player in, in Kieran Joyce who can be a real decider um, who could really decide a tie and I suppose in the, in the second game just Black Rock maybe because they've got that little bit more experience that little bit more physicality there'll be very little in it I, I would say both games will be decided by a point or two um, and just about go for Castle Martin and, and Black Rock Aiden. Well, it's going to be a fantastic day. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, what happens on the pitch lives up to all the excitement of it. Uh, Shawnee, enjoy tomorrow, and uh, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No bad reading. Cheers, bye. Yeah, what a day. It's promising to be at Parky Cueve tomorrow, two and four. Uh, throwing times, uh, I believe, for the two o'clock for the Premier Intermediate Final and four o'clock for the Premier Senior Decider. Uh, thanks to Shawnee there for giving us his thoughts. Bally Giblin have won the Premier Junior Hurling Championship. They defeated Tracton 219 to 112. Congratulations to all there and uh, commiserations to Tracton. Uh, it was a very close game until about, about 10 minutes into the second half and Bally Giblin just pulled away a really impressive performance coming up after the break a very important conversation with Cork GA referee Niall Bars. don't go away The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm <laughs> Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. It's scoreless at half time between Tottenham and Everton in the final Premier League game of the day. Guy Swindles reports from North London. Spurs nil, Everton nil. Both sides have had chances though. Spurs have had most of the possession, dominated the early stages of this match. Richarlison heading over when well placed and Son going down under pressure, rightly not given as a penalty. But in between the Tottenham pressure, Everton have had two wonderful chances on the break. Damari Gray and Anana twice managed to uh, outpace the Tottenham defence in one-on-one on goal, but on both occasions they blasted over when really they should have done much better. In the end, Richarlison volleyed over in time, added on, entertaining no goals, nil-nil. Cork City women's, unfortunately, uh, trailing 3-0 at home to Piedmont uh, with about just about heading into the last 10 minutes there now uh, let's move on to a really important piece here with uh, Noel Barrett he's the Cork GA County Board Referees Administrator obviously the last couple of weeks uh, the spotlight rightly so has been shone on the seems to be ongoing um, 
incidents of of abuse of match officials at Gaelic games um, of course not to say that it's the only sport it's happening in but at the moment it's the one that's under the spotlight um, the GA of course have announced measures to try and tackle this there's the um, respect the referee day uh, next Sunday October 23rd um, and they're also going to just review all of their policies I suppose around um, how they handle these disciplinary hearings and um, also the give respect get respect campaign which I'll be honest with you like being a fairly like active member in the GA like it's fairly non-existent to be honest with you the Give Respect Get Respect campaign so that that probably does need to be ramped up a lot Um, even today Wexford GA <clears throat> excuse me handed a maximum 96 week ban to St. Joseph's mentor Glenn McManus for an assault on referee Michael Lanigan and an umpire the incident occurred in a junior football match between St. Joseph's and Our Ladies Island last month St. Joseph's have also been hit with a 1000 euro fine now that's fine okay that's 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 probably the max as they said a maximum ban but like you know these these things they, they probably should be even longer I know 96 weeks look it is a it is a, a sizable ban but like how is it going to be governed is this guy going to be kept away from all you know GA grounds and and training pitches and all that um, or is he going to be allowed to stand outside the wire like is it a, is it a stadium ban or you know what I mean so uh, there there's that's the kind of thing I suppose that isn't uh, exactly clear when it comes to, to the GA and disciplinary hearings but let's hear from Niall Bart now uh, as I said Cork GA County Board Referees Administrator he's been a referee for uh, 35 years uh, so plenty of experience when it comes to this sort of thing Niall Bart is the Cork GA County Board Referees Administrator and he is on the line to discuss what unfortunately has been the biggest story probably in our sport over the past two months um, since a physical assault left a referee on the ground in a, in a club game in Roscommon and we've since seen a spate of these incidents occurring um, and, and the spotlight has been shone on, on them a lot more in recent times. Uh, Niall, thanks for speaking with us first of all. You're welcome Aidan. I suppose let's start off by by asking you how long you've been a referee in the GA. Oh God, I've refereed for well, possibly thirty five years. You you've seen, I, I would imagine, saw several changes in, in the culture of, of the GA over that time, from the way players act to to mentors and and parents, etc. I suppose was was there ever a time where referees weren't subjected to to abuse or, or under threat from physical assault? No, it was always there. It was it was always there. There's no point in hiding. It was always there. Yes. Um, from the the way things have changed over the last, do you, do you think that's gotten worse over the last thirty five years? Um, it's definitely not getting better. I would think in the past a lot of things were were hidden, like a lot of things were in our society. But um, it's more to the fore, and unfortunately, it's it's very prevalent lately, and um. Sorry, look before you, you're asking the questions, but I think a lot of it stems from the, from the sideline. Myself, yeah, I was just going to ask you that. What is the kind of um, the most often avenue, or the most uh, the, the the avenue comes from most often? Would it be players? Would it be mentors? Would it be parents? It would be mentors, uh, or players, probably at at juvenile level in particular. Um, um, I think that there's, I think that this is the kernel of our problem. I think that there's more education and training needed um, before we, we put people out on the side and in charge of teams. Um, there's an onus 
on on people to behave in a proper manner. Um, and look, my own taking is that I'm involved with my own club as well. Um, not it's not suited to everybody. It's not suited like like everybody is not suited to refereeing. You know, it's like everything in life. It a lot of people are not it, you know it's it's not them. It's, they're not suited to it. I, I would like to see less parent involvement going going forward. There are some very good parents involved also, but I would like to see more neutral people involved with, with, with juvenile teams. The balance should be more neutral people, less parents. Yeah, I suppose maybe parents taking over different uh, age groups than the ones that their their son or daughter is playing in, I suppose. Yeah, I, I know that there's there's a shortage, you know, it's very difficult to get volunteers in, in all aspects of society now. But um, I think clubs have to be very careful and, and you know, and, and think it through. Look, we all, we all know in, in, our, in our every club that we, we have hotheads and people who are not suited to us. And, you know, I think clubs have to act accordingly as well. You know, we have to be brave enough to... Uh, to um, has to banish these people from our sidelines and even from the bank and stuff like that as well. And, uh, you know, it has to start, start at, at, at this level for the next generation going forward. And a lot of the, the areas now, we're, we've taught on 20 referees uh, roughly in Cork at the moment and we're training uh, people at the moment. At the end of next week, we'll have almost 40 new recruits ready. We hope to another 20 going forward. And a lot of the problems I see lately stemming from lads leaving the field and people uh, uh, venting their anger from the bank, some being followed to their cars, some being, you know, even getting into their cars, still being abused and, you know, called off. And um, it's just not acceptable. Not acceptable in... (laughs) Absolutely, you've 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 spoken your yourself about um, your own experiences. I believe you have been as- assaulted while refereeing. Could you tell us a, a bit about those in- incidents? I was assaulted as a umpire last year, and and um, you know it affected me afterwards. <laughs> Not by anything otherwise. And like we're talking about refereeing, we're talking about match officials as well. And at the moment, now you asked me to do an interview tomorrow, but I can't, unfortunately, because I'm umpiring. And I'll be in Parky Keith tomorrow night. I met matches most weekends. I taking nighting from five to seven games. But I, I love being an umpire. But I was I was assaulted, and uh, the person who assaulted me got a, a twelve month ban, but it was overturned, and. Uh, was playing the following, following weekend, but um, it affected me, yes. Did I break down? Yes, I did. Yeah, it affected me. Yeah, big time. How I frustrating would. was it to see that ban being overturned? Um, Very much so, Aidan. Very much so. It's still, it's probably still there. You know, I, I remember years ago, I, I was assaulted as a referee only once ever, but in fairness... Let's call him the culprit came came the following day and apologised. And to me that was closure in the story. But yeah. This was a separate thing, you know. We started to have reoccurring nightmares, you know what I mean? You were actually I've questioned myself at times. Did that did that did that actually happen? You know, and then yeah. I said, Have I passed away or did that happen? And you know, that's 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 it. I call it as I see it and yeah, unfortunately that's it. Um, I'm not bitter, not bitter, because I, anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm a, a positive fella in the main, yeah. 
and I'm still positive towards refereeing and um, I love refereeing and always did and if you asked me my, I had a cup of tea with my sister a while ago and she asked me she said would you go refereeing again tomorrow if you start you off and I said I would yeah 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 I would well, that's uh, actually it's interesting because Morris Deegan has been speaking a lot in the media and he's actually said that if he was 2021 now and he was handed a whistle he'd walk away from it he, he actually wouldn't take it up again yeah well, I certainly would anyway yeah I think just one of the most yeah it, it was me I loved every minute of it yeah yeah, yeah I loved every minute of it. yeah is there is there anything other than, than handing out far more severe bans to the people who do this and uh, who are the, the, the culprit I suppose is there anything else we can do as an organisation to curb this other than just giving more severe bans um, I think that, look I think since the formation of the G and I'm just other sports are having problems as well with refereeing and some kind of thing other, otherwise as well but um, there was always a culture you know I, mean? I think you know when at the start when you opened the G people met on a Sunday morning there was 28 fellas met at a crossroads and there was some player who was at the time we called the word simple he couldn't he couldn't play but he was he was the referee but that mindset continued to the referee nearly up till now and that it never went away really that referee was foolish and you're you're silly for taking up referee how do you take it and all this sort of stuff whereas um, it, it never changed that, that mindset never changed and it, it was never you know, there's some very bright people. You know, the people who are refereeing for me at the the county board level are from all professions. And believe it or believe it or not, young Gardy are, are, are the main people taking up refereeing. So, a lot of people, you know, that, that might have sound, yeah, but they see it as, as, as training in their own yeah. careers, yeah. Um, I suppose you said there that uh, obviously you've you're, you're in in the training courses you're doing over the next couple of weeks you've forty new recruits coming in which is uh, very sizable and impressive number but um, if this does carry on then the biggest impact will be a shortage of referees nationwide and there are in a lot of counties a shortage of referees I see it here in, in my own county here in Kerry I, I'm a, a hurling man so I see that particular I can't really speak on the situation about football as I don't know but you know we just about have enough referees to cover the games on a particular evening um, and it's it's difficult to recruit young referees and like even under the age of 30 or 35 it's difficult to get them in um, funnily enough in Cork we've sort of have the opposite effect you know we, I think the last few years we have I know we had COVID but in the last 12 months um, we've a lot of referees which we've led as young as 19 refereeing at county board level at the moment um, and uh, their lads will probably look at themselves that you know they, they see themselves they're, they're, they're not going to make the, the first team in their club and uh, this is where I believe that you know where they see themselves as refereeing uh, as a, as a career, and I think the GL as a whole lose a lot of good people as well. They could be these people, you know, if they're, they're not good enough for the for the first team, they play away with the second team, which is not taken uh, seriously, and they, they also could be used as maybe mentors on the sideline or administrators in their clubs. And I think as a, as an as an organisation, we're losing a lot of. Of good people because of that, we're we're only interested in, in the very best uh, of players, you know. In general, G, I, I, I see it as a huge problem because myself, Saturday off, I'd I'd been there as well. It was a useless hurler and uh, okay footballer, but I, you know, and uh, 
that's when I was sort of, I spent a lot of time on the side and in hurling, watching matches as, as you know, for as a, as a substitute. And uh, I probably, you, you get a different slant on things and, you know, I see cases there recently you now where, you know, there was a high profile one where a parent said that her, her son was was deeply upset and not being brought on in a, in a game and stuff like that, you know. And it can have a fierce mental effect on people. Luckily enough, touch wood so far in this world, I've been mentally strong enough to take anything that came at me, but not everyone was the same. But going back to your point, um, we've been doing a lot of mentoring and with, with newer referees, and fairness rebel in the city, uh, in the, throughout the county have been watching and we we four four girls out of the sixty ladies were taking it up. So about three of three have been there over the over the past uh, four weeks training. And um the point I make is that, you know, they're not they're not on their own. I think when we started off we didn't have the backup or, or the support wasn't there, but I think it's there now. It's there now. And um you know, we were just given the gear and go off and we lost a lot of people. Whereas now I think there's no point in putting effort and gear and training and time and effort into 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 people without without supporting them. And I think the support mechanism is there. And we told them that it's not like in our time, they're not alone. You know, have we uh, an organised backup set up? No. But we you know, we, we it's the people who are the senior referees in the divisions, and there are a certain amount of people as well in, in all areas who are actually genuinely interested in the referee matters. So we think we have good structures in place, and because with the amount of games that are played in Cork in particular, there's something over 6,000 alone have been played in Rebel Oak so far, and I know that a lot of, a small amount of these have been played without referees, you know, and we want to get to a stage where I'd like to see this figure from 220 raised to 300 by mid next year and I think it's it's doable and I think it will will be achieved uh, you know amazingly enough you know I think it will be but I think attitudes and mindsets in general have to change um, I welcome Jeff Chambers' statement there recently as well to say he was um, <laughs> alarmed of what was happening you know but you yeah. know I'd, I'd like to see a bit of backup as well and also Larry McCarthy spoke yesterday about I think there's a Referee where to stay and twenty third of this month. Yeah, but it's fine. I, I what I was saying this and the feedback I'm getting from referees here in Cork is, is mm, I think uh, Cork Park should revisit it in twelve months' time and say, have things changed? Have we made progress? You know, and didn't we see yeah. where we are? Where we're at? There's no point. I, I don't mean I welcome everything Larry has said, but uh, you know. I know Colin Nines was up there yesterday as well, and I know he's he's passionate about it. But it's something that's not going to change completely overnight. But I'd like to see what sort of progress we will be we will make uh, over the next twelve months. And there's no point somebody has to look and monitor it and revisit it and say, "Have we done better? Are we still the same? What do we need to do? Or, you know, what yeah. areas do we need to zone in on?" Yeah, because they have they have announced, as you said, that um, that uh, respect the referee day. It's uh, the twenty second and twenty third of October, so uh, next weekend, I suppose. Um, and then they have uh, announced a review of the rules uh, concerning infractions against match officials, a review of how serious uh, infractions against match officials within the association are processed, uh, updating training courses and all of that as well, and an up- and a, a review of the give respect, get respect. 
campaign uh, with a view of rolling out that in 2023. So hopefully you would imagine that will start to change things and will have a positive impact. Yes, I yes I would. Yeah, and there's no point in in, in hiding it either. We, we're not perfect as referees. Look, we've we've all different levels, you know, and not everybody gets to do county finals or reach it. But you know, it's like everything in society. There's a place for everyone. And with with these, I spoke with Jim McEvan, our executive referees, uh, Rebel Oak, and you know, the new people coming through. Maybe let them referee it. Maybe up to twelve, to under sixteen. We say for the next twelve months, and we'll we'll see how they're doing. And um, you know, and I suppose in in the past, um, it's like everything in society. Um, lads and have been fast forwarded if they're they seem to be making progress. You know what I mean? I think yeah. in all aspects of life, and be it work or whatever, you had to go through the the little uh, you know the scenarios. You know, make progress over a period of time. But some people have, have fast forwarded, will be fast forwarded if they seem to be. Uh, it just seemed to be fit and you know, and, and and up to the mark, you know. As it, as this thing is right now at the moment, it's actually I think it's something that's not going to go away at this time from a, yeah. a referee and the match officials perspective. I think it's here and it it has to be sorted now. If it's not sorted, I say within the next year or two, it could have you know a fierce knock on effect. So you know, I think it has to be taken seriously. If not, you know, I I, I didn't would worry, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Niall Barrett, excellent stuff. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again to Niall Barrett. Fantastic chat with him. Um, just like over 15 minutes there of uh, of picking his brain and, you know, everything he's uh, seen in the GA. And, like, I was a lot more optimistic after the chat, I have to say, than before it. You know, great stuff being done uh, by Rebel Og and, and Cork GA in particular to get that many new referees in. And uh, certainly maybe other county boards could have a look at that, uh, my own county board included in Kerry, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, excellent stuff. And, uh, look, hopefully that work keeps on getting done. Uh, and, uh, yeah as we said more supports there because I, I refereed for a very short period and it was a case of here's the whistle off you go no course or nothing so uh, but yeah uh, good to see and good to hear now that there is uh, a lot more structures in place and uh, plenty of referees in Cork anyway uh, which is a, a very good thing uh, for Cork GA uh, yeah hopefully that situation is going to be resolved and we won't have to have another conversation conversation about referees being abused uh, on, on the pitch while they're trying to do their job and help out the association uh, that, that they love you know um, so yeah uh, while we were chatting Spurs have gone 1-0 up on Everton a soft penalty I would say very soft penalty uh, converted by Harry Kane Kane just seemed to run into Jordan Pickford's head and, and hit the ground um, to be fair like Pickford didn't know much about it he was after making a save or there was a blocked shot or whatever and uh, Kane just ran across him hit the deck referee gave the penalty 1-0 uh, to Spurs 65 minutes gone there now let's uh, briefly uh, close out with rugby uh, of course Munster in action tonight Munster defence coach Dennis Alimi is confident they can turn the corner starting tonight the Reds host the Bulls in Thoman Park uh, going into the game on the back of three defeats in their opening four games in the URC um, after back-to-back defeats Munster picked up their first win of the season with an unconvincing win over Zebra in Musgrave Park before losing to Connacht in Galway last weekend it's been a tough start for new head coach Graham Rountree and his team however Leamy is confident they're going to uh, they're close to getting it right uh, kick off this evening is 7.35 here's Dennis Leamy 
Yeah, look, the, the, the games that are to come are, are obviously very, very difficult. Um, you know, the league is, is of excellent quality now, you know, so there is no easy games. You know, obviously results haven't been what we would like them to be. Uh, that is a fact. Um, but I think, you know, the spirit around the group is really good. The energy is good. You know, we had a very good reset on Monday. Um, lots of good chats, discussions, you know, building plans, you know, learnings, all those things that go on. And it was a really good day. We were on the pitch uh, for a shorter session yesterday. That went really well. We had an excellent session there roughly about half an hour ago. And we had a, you know, really good tempo to the session, lots of good quality. And we're really excited about playing, you know, what is an unbelievable side, you know, coming to Tomah Park in the Bulls. So, to be excited about yeah uh, it hasn't been what we wanted it to be uh, to date but um, we believe in it and, and we believe we're getting better and better well we're seeing stuff in training okay we're implementing new game plans it's obviously uh, a very new coaching group okay so when I say improvements in games we're not we're probably not quite seeing that yet okay and that's that's a fair point I think in training we're, we're training at a very good tempo I believe our, our players are fitter okay they're, they're developing skills under pressure so we're asking them to play a game that hasn't been asked of them before okay so everyone has their own philosophies on the game but we're we're trying to develop develop those skill sets to allow us to execute on the pitch so we are seeing evidence of that in training yes we haven't quite clicked as to date on the pitch but we believe on the evidence that we've seen through getting fitter through playing under pressure through developing you know different aspects of the game that there's big performances to come Look, the emerging Ireland guys, I think, were, were excellent, OK? We had them for a number of weeks before they went to South Africa. Just looking at their displays, you know, individually, I thought, to a man, they all had big, they all had big tours. They really did. So that's very exciting. You know, there's obviously a lot of experienced players in Munster. You know, they're still finding their feet. Uh, we're still coming together. But there's an awful lot of young talent, Roman Salanoa, to, to name-check one, you know, a, a guy we have huge hopes for. But, you know, to a man, the, the emerging group coming back I think there's all quality there so um, looking forward to getting those boys back into the building looking forward to to developing them and I suppose the experiences that, that, that they have gained down in South Africa is something that we'd be, be interested in hearing about as well Dennis Leamy there speaking ahead of Munster's game tonight. Uh, Eamon from Klein has got in touch. Uh, Niall, one of the best, great ref. He refed with my own dad, Tommy. Thankless job, but they loved it for the game. Uh, disgrace the way it has turned. Uh, social media has a lot to do with it, uh, says Eamon and Klein. So thanks for getting in touch uh, for that uh, very nice message uh, with, uh, after our chat with uh, Niall Barrett on uh, the uh, the current state uh, of of uh, refereeing in the GA and uh, what they have to go through uh, at times which is uh, pretty bad but hopefully it's going to change for the better that is it we're out of time huge show on the way tomorrow Rory is going to be here there's going to be a reaction to the two county finals from Parky Cueve huge huge game it's the Bars versus the Rockies in the senior and of course Castlemartyr and Inishgara as well in the um, intermediate finals he's also speaking to John O'Shea whose book launches uh, this week Cork City game of my life so it's going to be an absolute uh, cracker of a show tomorrow from 6 o'clock with Rory until then Stevie G is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM